Network Radio. This week's show is a journey into consciousness, working through the wonderful trance mediumship of Mick and Sylvie Avery, with wisdom brought through by spirit guide Gregory Hay. To find out more about their work, you can visit www.spirit-teaching.com. Well, hello Gregory, welcome to another journey into consciousness. It's great to have you back. Hello, my dear friend. Welcome. And I thank you so for inviting us at this time to uh, partake in this uh, your, by your invitation. I thank you so very, very much. It is with love and light that we are here. Okay, love and light. Um, got a few questions to get through tonight. Uh, in the last show, we asked people if they had any conundrums, any questions to send in, then please do. So glad to say a number of people have sent some stuff in. So we will get on to those. Um, before we do that, just um, just a quick update on the scenario we spoke about by, about the oil uh, spill. I know now that yes. it's, it's kind of increased quite a lot now, isn't it? I think it's about 3,000 yes. to 8,000. a lot, yeah. Yes. And um, so I think one of the things that was brought to my attention by Mick and Sylvie earlier was that the, the BP drilling project had no environmental review. So there's kind of no um, contingency plan or anything for high-risk uh, scenarios such as this and I think also they've also yes, given the green light I understand to, that yeah yeah what do you what do you make of that well I understand my dear friend that this is in a sense a simple situation that uh, oil petroleum companies are taking advantage of that was not actually meant for them in deep water scenarios these were just simply uh, effects really to mitigate circumstances where there were minor operations taking part or taking place uh, in trying to maintain stability on, uh, on dry land. It wasn't actually anything to do with water and certainly not to do with deep ocean. So it was supposed to be really for very temporary situations of subsidence and that kind of matter where they would not have to go for approval of uh, a certain effect if they then had to go and uh, deal with environmental situations which were um, uh, owing to their operations. Do you see? On yeah. land. You yeah. see? Yeah, yeah. I'm going I'm to put a petition underneath the show anyway, so people can sign it if they want to. Um, that's going to put pressure, hopefully, on um, you know, not allowing this to happen again. Really, where you know, with big projects like this, to make sure they do have contingency in place. I mean, what's, what do you feel yeah. the, the overall picture now is of the Gulf of Mexico? Do you feel that it's a lot bigger than what it was? Is it? Is there hope in sight from your point of view? Well, my dear friend, uh, from our point of view, the more dangerous the substance and the situation of it is really to do with the dispersant chemicals rather than the oil. Oil itself is organic, and that means to say, although harmful to the environment, and although that there are other gases and other situations of mineralization coming off from the oil, which then lead to further pollutions uh, in a chemical structured way, it actually is really to do with uh, that we are more concerned over the dispersants used. Uh, after all, dispersants simply mean that the oil itself sinks to the bottom. So very well, it's away from the surface, but actually it means that all of the creatures that are living on the bottom of the ocean are then susceptible to these uh, uh, tar balls and, and different areas of oil that then collect 
and uh, obviously will then uh, mean that their life uh, sustainability is uh, becoming compromised. So I would suggest really the sooner that it's cleared up, the better. I understand that in many other situations and circumstances, which were much larger than this one, that they had managed to clear them up uh, in the main. So it is, in a sense, looking at a, a window of perhaps a year or so where this whole situation will then become repaired. The problem that we have is in the fact that uh, other oil companies and other such works in progress are still being uh, given the same uh, structure, are still being allowed. I understand that there are 18 or 20 more uh, platforms that have been given license to do exactly the same operation with exactly the same uh, lack of fail-safe devices. And uh, this then, of course, leads to the same obvious problems which could then ensue. And I understand that this, of course, is particularly worrisome in the Gulf of Mexico anyway because of the uh, great deal of storms and, and that kind of situation in that area. So really then uh, with storms in the area of New Mexico, uh, of, of uh, the uh, Gulf of Mexico in itself, that it means that the whole situation is one of uh, a danger in any event to uh, the stability of these platforms and of the stability of these operations. Uh, this, in fact, is a whole area of the Gulf of Mexico which is gradually becoming more and more volatile. So it means that greater harnessing of uh, uh, fail-safe devices should and must be put in place. Okay. All right. Well, we, not to dwell on it too much, so just, uh, people, just get a quick update, actually, um, and then people yeah. can sign a petition if they want to. Um, Got another quick question. You, you don't have to answer this this time. Um, it's just something that's happened last week, and you may answer it in another show. Uh, there was another one of those weird spirals, but this time in Australia, um, and there didn't seem to be any kind of rocket um, thing attached to it. Um, so I don't I, know. Are you aware of that that happened in Australia? No, no, I am. No, I am not aware of that one. And I will. Uh, uh, others from our group will go and have a look at it. Incidentally, my dear friend, I would like to, however, answer a question that you had asked of us some time ago, uh, which was actually to do with oceans. Oh yes, in in this in the galaxy. Yes. Yes, so uh, I would wish to direct you to the uh, cluster known as the Eagle. Right. And you can find that if you look at uh, the Milky Way to the south of your country, you look to the Milky Way to the south, I believe it, it well, it will depend upon uh, what time of day or night uh, as to where exactly it is as you look at it, but uh, you need to find uh, the one part of the eagle, which is of the wing. Uh, there is a star called Vega that Vega. is spelled V-E-G-A-S. Yes, V-E-G-A-S. And the star Vega uh, uh, is actually to the left of a cloud formation which rises up so many light years uh, and is then surrounded at the top of it by a forming cluster of new stars and new planets emerging from that gaseous cloud. 
to the right-hand side of that gaseous cloud, you will see a sea which is about the size of eight of your suns mm. at this present time. Now, the thing is, the situation is that when we're talking about oceans in interstellar space, what we are actually looking at are crystals because water as a soluble form cannot exist in space because it's too cold, because it's minus 400 degrees. So that means to say that what you're actually looking at is in a sense, in effect, an ocean because it is droplets of water. Uh, sometimes these droplets of water bandy together to form actually quite large particles and quite large areas, but they are generally frozen. And that means that all the life forms that are still within them are also frozen. Mm. Now, to say then that life, in a sense, in these effects, uh, cannot live by that is simply ridiculous. In actual fact, it's one of the conditions of how the Earth itself formed life all of those millions of years ago, and how other planets also formed life, which is by the, by the attraction of these clouds of uh, crystal particles and oceans, galactic oceans, if you like, that are then drawn toward the planets, heated up by their star systems, these then form droplets and then eventually uh, create around the, the planet and on the surface of the planet form oceans. Most um, planets have oceans of one form or another. Uh, Mars, for example, had an ocean. Uh, I understand that there are probably residuals of the oceans of Mars uh, which are at various points throughout the planet, but underneath the surface. The same as Uranus, uh, the same as uh, other planets in your solar system, which also have certain areas of water and some which are almost made up entirely of water. Fantastic. Brilliant. Well, so yeah. you will see, in fact, I'm sorry, I just have to continue this yeah. for one moment. Uh, you will see, in fact, that there are two clouds quite close to one another, uh, apparently so, but are actually a few light years apart from one another. And the two clouds themselves uh, come to make up a very large body of water indeed, probably the size larger than your solar system. Yeah. So one day they'll make up the the water of a planet, I guess, were they? Well, of several planets, or yeah. many planets, yes, absolutely. So that's what they do. And the, this is something which is quite typical of many different uh, galactic systems. You will see bodies of water around them. And simply what happens is the attraction of uh, the, the individual planet's uh, 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 gravitational field as it become, begins to become uh, stronger and stronger, attracts the water to it. You mm. see? Yeah, yeah. Amazing. And I guess it also carries life, like you say, doesn't it, as well through the... Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yes. And, and this, in actual fact, my dear friend, I understand, has been proved on your side of life by the life samples that have been taken of life um, some 40,000 years ago. And there are uh, all different kinds of bugs and creatures that had lived at that time. And then when the ice is frozen, they come back to life. 
Thank you very much for answering that question. Which proves yeah. my point, really. So that's not saying, dear friend, that uh, there will be a time when... That's not saying, of course, that there will be a time when you'll be able to uh, re-conjugate uh, a woolly mammoth or something no. like that, um, because that's quite different. Insects and bugs and water life are, in fact, then, uh, uh, they are available within the, within the ice crystals of ice that was formed thousands and thousands of years ago. So it does mean to say that all of these creatures can then become reanimated once the thawing uh, is applied at the right consistency to enable that to happen. Yeah. Yes. Okay, wonderful. I mean, just, just another question as, as we're talking about um, the universe and the galaxy, another question popped into my mind, and that was um, I read something in the week about Phobos. We spoke about it being the, um, the potato shaped moon of Mars um, that had a monolith on it that I think um, Buzz Aldrin was talking about. And, um, and I read somewhere that they'd done some scans on it, and it seemed that the moon was hollow with geometric caverns in the middle of it. So yeah. kind of a, a relic of some kind of almost like a spacecraft or some yeah. it was used as um, a dwelling of some sort. Uh, yes, that's right. That's quite true. It was actually uh, um, a, uh, a sphere originally. Mm. And it simply became an odd misshapen shape purely because of uh, boulder interaction and with uh, various uh, bits of debris in the universe. Yes. Yeah. So is there a leftover relic from when uh, beings were living on Mars millions of years ago? Yes, and, well, and from other planets as well. Yes, absolutely. Great. Okay. So I, mean, I'll, I'll, I'll get the feeling that um, perhaps some kind of disclosure in the future is going to be about proving um, not that they're going to come out and just say we're here is about showing that there's been ancient civilizations in our solar system that perhaps um, help people understand that we're, we're not alone. Yes, yes, that's right, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It'll make them less fearful too, perhaps. Yeah, indeed, yeah. I think you're going to cut out again. Um, anyway, just moving on to um, the questions now that we've got this evening. Yes, um, yes. Now, this is... These are kind of questions people have uh, had with regards to other things we've asked. So I think they probably want deeper clarity on some of the things I've asked. Um, that is that if I just read this out um, and then I'll try and highlight the question. Okay, so what the person's written is that they put, okay, thanks for the show. It has resonated with me particularly well with me. The notion that those in spirit are not by definition higher than us is something I had not considered. And in my work as a healer, this kind of elevates one's position to an equal member of the human spirit healing team. Not in a bad way, but in a way that I feel to be very helpful. One question for Gregory, if you can. He stresses that one does not have to come back to the earth plane to experience all that must be experienced. One can gain the experience from others in spirit. Some of us come back to earth to help others with their journey. Many earth people don't have the least understanding of their spiritual journey, however. Right? So, are, are they back here to help others achieve scenarios for those others to experience? Or, I don't understand why they have to come back if they could have learned what they needed in the spirit world. Yes, exactly. Why would they bother? Yeah, exactly. And in actual fact, they don't. So that, in a sense, blows that out of the water. My point, really, is that uh, the way that uh, beings 
who wish to have a physical life. It's not so that you have to learn everything there is to learn in physical life. So that's why you have to keep coming back again and again and again. Totally pointless exercise when you don't remember, so say, from one trip to the next. So it means to say that only then supposedly, if you are an ascended being, are you then allowed to remember all of these plussed journeys. So it makes it that all beings who do not remember feel diminished, feel powerless, feel as though they don't even own the suit of clothes or the body that they are embodied within. And that, to me, is something of a crime that humanity paints itself into purely for the articles of faith or for the articles of religious persecution, because that's actually what it is. It's persecution of human beings who actually either don't think like that or who uh, really are at risk of uh, wanting to try to succeed in something and find the power within themselves and yet are unable to do so because other people are saying that they have not the power because of something they did in a past life which to me seems as though those people are simply not understanding the universe as it is made. And what I am saying to that uh, lovely person is in fact, she is quite right, that I intimated and absolutely meant that the fact is that her spirit, that everyone's spirit upon the physical earth is absolutely beautiful because it must be because you're all part of God. So that means to say that when you decry one another or their physical actions, you're not doing so to their spirit. What you're doing is you're saying that person has made bad decisions or bad judgments, which have then created or triggered gross negative situations or maybe little negative ones. Let's not paint too dark a picture. But the point is that when human beings then measure one another, to oneself and say, I am better than that person because I've ascended and I've had 6,000 past lives, thank you very much. Where is the way forward for another person to feel equal to that one? Or is it that they must always feel diminished and worth less than they are? My point here in this whole situation is that everyone, without exception, is equal and your spirit is equal. So that means to say that everything to do with your life is all about your behavior and what you are able to manifest in your physical life. You may well learn many situations that you don't actually personally go through, but that you watch other people go through in their physical life. So there it is then, you're like a voyeur of other people's physical life whilst you're having yours and you're feeling their impact, just like those poor people of Cumbria very recently who lost all of those dear friends and relatives. Okay, thank you, Gregory. Yeah. Moving on to another question. Basically, a lady wants to know about psychic surgery. You know, you get psychic surgeons yes. that can yes. operate, and they, they, they look like they're physically moving and putting their hands in the body, taking things out and stuff like that. And you do see in a number of cases, they do seem to help heal the patient. I just, she just wanted to know what your thoughts were on that and how you see that working. Well, some of them do work and some of them are quite blatantly, obviously uh, um, false. So I have to say that 
those areas of uh, where some people work in this way uh, are very diligent and that I understand that some of the situations will be uh, 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 seen as though this is happening or that is happening. I have to say that sometimes we have in fact engaged in, within many people within our readings and our, our interactions with humans on your side of life that there are many people with specific gifts where if they would only just let go of themselves, they would become uh, very successful in this regard. It's just really a matter of the human physical form that lets go sufficiently to enable those on our side of life to then perform these tasks on their behalf. So, yes, sometimes you'll see uh, uh, hands sometimes uh, working rapidly on the surface or something like that. And sometimes, occasionally, you'll actually see a person's hand actually going into the physical body with no blood and nothing. And so these different situations will actually appear uh, a very strange and very strange uh, uh, and uh, exciting, but also, uh, in, in a sense, very hard to com commute within your mind. And the, that is something then that uh, obviously it's a manifestation of the mechanisms developed within the spirit world and to do with the spirit team that would be working with that person. Each individual is significantly individual. And the team that will be working with them will only be specifically on that vibration. So it's not something that can be taught to someone else. It's a matter of you placing yourself in the right energy, in the right platform to enable this process to develop. So I just wonder, when, when they're able to put the hand in the body, is their hand suddenly vibrating at a completely different frequency in order for it to yes. move through the body? Um, and that's obviously being controlled yes, from the, the the spirit that's controlling the individual, or is the individual? Yes, that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's right. The individual doesn't control anything. The individual is just simply a vehicle to enable the spirit world to manifest what they need to create in order to get the job done. That's it. So what human beings, physical human beings, have to do is not think of this in terms of. Uh, aren't I clever, I'm a psychic, uh, 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 a, a spirit manifestation in this way of healing. This has to be coming from a complete place of no ego and just really being very blessed and working very sacredly with these right, rightful energies so as to enable this whole process to take place. It is a very sacred art. Yeah. I have to say, psychic surgery is extremely delicate and is only there for a few people at this present time because oftentimes people just put up too many barriers or they think that it's they are the instrument. They're not the instrument. They're just the facilitator. That doesn't lessen them. I'm not here to rubbish them. I'm just saying that you need to call it what it is. And it's actually to do with the development that's taking place within the spirit team surrounding that person. And that person will be unique, absolutely. And their energy will be absolutely unique because the spirit team ha will have done and undertaken a great deal of work in their development to make it happen. 
Yeah, so I guess it's a, a similar way of working to the way that you work with Mick and Sylvie. So you're in deep trance, uh, mixing deep trance, you're controlling his vehicle. Um, but rather than, you know, you're a person that brings information rather than trying to do medical operations. Yes, I'm not actually the person that uh, literally uh, does the control. That's left in the hands of the scientists working with the team. Uh, I, I am able to manipulate hands and that kind of thing. I don't manipulate legs and feet. Mr. Sinicha has more joy at doing that than I do. And uh, uh, so that's the reason why I don't get up, get him up and walk him about as some kind of robotic uh, machine. Uh, but that uh, some people are actually able to do that. But uh, we actually would rather that I concentrate purely on the information. And that is why we uh, actually containment for us is with manipulating the mouth parts and all of that kind of thing and accessing certain kinds of uh, uh, situations of information that might be in the illuminate uh, uh, cerebral state of our friend here, but it's uh, uh, there isn't too much there actually for us to bother with. So most of the information comes from our side of life. Okay. So do, as a team, do you all see each other? Are you in a room somewhere where you can see all the different beings together? Or uh, I'm just trying to get a picture of how you lot all work together. You know? <laughs> We lot, my dear friend, we are, uh, there are actually uh, approximately 1,100 beings here at this present time, a rather large room, and we are uh, actually in, at this present time, if you can picture it, that our friend is actually at a 90 degree angle at this present time to horizontal because there's no up or down uh, in respect of the, the ether world, in respect of the spirit world, it's only on physical earth that you have that sort of condition. So there are uh, very many different beings who are either sitting or floating or just being uh, in their present state or, and that's not necessarily all human beings, there are animals here, uh, there are horses here, there are dogs and wolves here. There are different beings from all nationalities and different walks of life who have had different experience. Uh, there are many different layers and tiers which are not necessarily instrumental in to do with their ability or to do with a person's identity. Yeah. You see? I mean, I mean this is going to sound a bit silly, but do you have like gadgets like computers and things like that you look at? Or? We have uh, real-time holographic images, my dear friend, which we uh, uh, create and and also erase at will as is necessary because the information is brought to us via others from the universe and via others who have a vested interest in the group's workings. And this is really, uh, in a sense, how we bring the information. So, for example, if it's information to do with animals and creatures that are living in the Gulf of Mexico at this present time and who are suffering from the uh, vestiges of the oil uh, uh, spill and disaster, then we will need to have confirmation from them as to what their lives are moving through at this present time. Yeah. I mean, how do you know when to come and talk to me is it like a calendar where you all go oh it's now tuesday we need to go and speak to ian yes or yes, yes. It's, all, it's all set it's all set as a time situation and that doesn't mean to say that it's acute it doesn't mean to say that when 
uh, uh, if, for example, like today, if the situation didn't set up at the right time, then we all just suddenly leave again and, <laughs> and leave you uh, with an empty tray. That isn't the point at all. The point is that we, we understand the, the uh, vari variations of Earth's physical state and matter and how uh, these need to be accommodated by us. And that is simply what we have deep regard for. Yeah. So can you sort of step away from the Earth plane and then um, when you're not focused on it, time will sort of go by really quickly for us? Or are you always kind of in that kind of energy where it, it, time is kind of flowing at the same speed that I would experience it? No, not at all. No, uh, uh, it only flows uh, for me uh, in this respect. It only flows when at the same rate as when I am actually communicating with someone on your side of life. If I'm not communicating with someone on your side of life, I am in my own era, if you like. Not to say that I'm back in 1723, uh, but to say that I am in my own energy and my own plasmic energy and therefore am able to construct or reconstruct or direct myself in any of the given ways that I am able. And that sometimes means that it is a multidimensional tasking event that I have to take place, that I have to take care of. It may be, for example, that there's someone who passed in Newcastle on Tyne and someone else in Australia at the same time. So I will go to both. Mm. I understand the multidimensional aspects of it, yeah. yeah. I'm just wondering if it yeah. feels like 14 days have passed or whether it's more like a, a few moments ago, you know. No, it's not really a matter of that either. It, it's not a matter of time as you know it because it's not linear. So it means to say that because it's quanties, it, it means that it's actually multidimensional and multifaceted. Uh, it's not a matter where we think of in times of, oh, yes, this happened then in this bit of history. Uh, yeah. We don't have a history in that respect, you see? Yeah. So basically, all of the communications we have are kind of all layered and happening at the same time. Is that the best way to describe it? Well, no, not necessarily at the same time. They're just, uh, they are just happening as they are able to. Yeah. Okay. I mean, another thing as well, you, you mentioned about there the different... Strength. No, no. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Yes, I was just going to say there is not a constraint as there is in linear time field that you currently live in, you see? I see, I do see. You're saying about there's uh, thousands of beings or different um, creatures, animals, whatever. Um, actually, one of the questions someone asked was about unicorns. Um, and she just wanted to know, have you met any unicorns? Are there any unicorns in your group? Do they exist somewhere? You, yes, well, my dear friend, uh, there was some talk at one time that dinosaurs then developed into unicorns, uh, that that was then their spiritese uh, side of themselves. I have to say, quite frankly, that dinosaurs are still dinosaurs. Lizards are still lizards, fishes are still fishes, and whales still fly rather than swim in our side of life. So it means to say, are there unicorns? Did they ever exist? Uh, well, my dear friend, there are types of beings that one would call a unicorn. That means it's a form of horse which actually has a single horn upon its head and is a very beautiful and loving being. Is a descendant of horse but not of the earth. And um, where would that be now? In a, in a different 
vibration, different etheric world? Uh, yes, yes, quite so. Yes. If, and would, yes. if someone wanted uh, to... Some... Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, friend. Please go on. Um, yeah, the, the question I was just asking because I think she's got an affinity with them. She she feels in some way that she uh, that she'd like to connect with them in some way, and just wondered what the best way would be to connect. Yes. Well, what she really needs to do is uh, uh, instead of thinking in that way. Uh, so that means it's like a, I want a definitive answer. Uh, that what she has to do is make her place and her space ready for the uh, for the thrilling encounters of many different forms, not one. So try not to limit yourself, my dear friend. What I'm suggesting here is that you're in, in really embracing uh, matters to do with the realm of Ferry, and that is then something that needs to be opened to that rather than saying, I only want to talk with unicorns or visit with unicorns. The situation needs to be that you're sending out your energy to the whole of that environment because that environment needs your care, first of all, before they can come to you. Yes. So it's all very well having it in the mind, but you need to bring about acts of kindness that would enable them to draw close to you closer than you think you mm. see yeah actually from, from what i know i understand that the lady has a very deep interest in um fairies and the elementals yes. anyway oh fact. yes absolutely yeah. so but yeah. so that i'm saying that that uh, this is a very real situation and i am saying that it is a a state of being rather than uh I, and I, I i i'm not treating this lightly at all i am saying that this is actually following on from your state of, state of being, my dear friend, and you just need to be gain patience and that the situation will illuminate itself to you at the right moment. Well, another question is, um, do miracles really happen? And if yes. so, are people chosen to have miracles? No, people aren't chosen to have miracles. Miracles happen because of circumstances and events and simply that uh, the situation is timed just at the right moment. So that it means to say that uh, a person who is suddenly saved from being run over by a large bus or something like that, you might say uh, and cite that as being a miracle, as it is. Because uh, particularly if a person was actually falling at the time and then got saved by unseen hands and enabled that to happen. However, for other people, such as the uh, uh, dreadful circumstances of just a few days ago, uh, where all of those people, innocents, were slaughtered, th that was not a miracle. That was a situation of great devastation. Uh, so you might say, well, why was it that their spirit guides, their helpers, didn't rescue them from that, didn't protect them from that? Well, there was one child that was actually helped and protected, uh, that child, uh, in fact, and there was a girl as well who were also uh, uh, saved from that uh, circumstance. Unfortunately for the others, they were not in that sequence of events and they could not uh, manifest that 
to happen for all of them because it happened too quickly and because uh, physical life has to have its uh, self-discipline uh, and its own uh, uh, situation of uh, recompense and reconciliation as well as uh, that in effect that person has to take responsibility for what they created. So that's not to say that the spirit world then let go of it and that it was then allowed to happen itself. I have to justify this in a sense because uh, otherwise people on your side of life have a great deal of problem in trying to understand why is it that the spirit world saves some situations and yet not others. Mm. So in effect, do they try to at least try to save everybody if it's not their time? But depending on the kind of variables and the sequence of events, uh, yes. they're not always successful. Yes, that's right. Uh, for example, if someone's already fired the bullet from a gun and it's only uh, uh, th two feet or something away from the person's head, it's very unlikely to get stopped. Because mm. I've read situations where people have seen a car coming towards them at high speed yeah. and f for all intents and purposes they should have been mowed down but in fact what happened was the car just seemed to just go straight through them as if their whole vibration changed and they became invisible and then they just the car was then about 100 meters down the road and they were completely unscathed yes that's right and that can happen too Absolutely. And I'm just saying that that is really about how it is possible sometimes, if the conditions are right, for the spirit world to interact. If they aren't right, then they cannot. Because, you see, the point is, the physical life and the, uh, and the spirit world are all about vibration. That's what life is. It's all about vibration. The fact that you can see one another is because you're of that vibration between 200 and 800 cycles per second. At times when the spirit world can interact with the vibration of the slow and murky world of Earth, then it can be that at times they can just speed up one thing for a very fraction of a time that is time enough to avert uh, some catastrophe or some failing life. So that means to say that that situation was all right then, but yet another one, it simply won't be because they weren't able to do the same thing. You see, if you had uh, a different vibration on your side of life, whereby everyone was much more loving and much more giving to everyone, if everyone was much more in service to one another and uh, giving of themselves to one another's uh, plights and that kind of thing, if you had no poverty on your side of life uh, and no famine and no uh, disease and all of that, then it would be a different vibration and you would not be going through all of these situations and cycles. It's purely and simply because of the murky world in which you live in that means that the whole situation is tipped over so that oftentimes the spirit world simply are unable to bring about fabrical assistance to the physical side of life simply because of the difficulty in changing the vibration sufficiently to uh, erase that condition or to avert it. Okay, brilliant answer. Um, just one last question now. Um, two burning questions actually for a listener. <laughs> okay, um, one is why do we have different uh, races on earth such as black, white, 
Asian. Um, and the second question um, is, is there a law to stop spirits or guides helping in, helping in crime investigations? Interesting point, my dear friend. Uh, I'll take the race situation first of all. There are different races because of the species interactivity and mutation. That's an ecological fact. It's a, a way of evolution. And that means to say that for some beings, when they uh, moved out of uh, one place and then migrated to a different place, that their skins became a different color or their, their, um, perhaps even their lifespans changed through their diet or, or through the needs to be met, through the whole situations of what they had to do. And so that meant that, uh, that their skin was then able within a certain coloration to be able to affect the change and to be able to cope in that new environment. And that's part of the reason why you actually see that many people who live in hot countries have very dark skin. Of course, yes, absolutely so. Because there is things where, um, like the Norwegians, for instance, Scandinavian people, is very pale, very white skin, uh, very light hair, very tall. You kind of, I think I've read things where, you know, has there been some kind of ET interference or maybe different groups of ETs have come in the past that may have also uh, mated with Earth beings that could have also affected the gene pool somehow? Oh, yes, absolutely so. I have said this in the past, yeah. uh, on this particular uh, interaction with you, dear friend, but there have been various interactions with beings from elsewhere. And they, these have actually affected different races on your side of life. So there are different kinds of interactions with different peoples that have taken place over periods of time. Yeah. And that has been throughout uh, human development of uh, the around five million years. Because mm. when you see different languages, like when you see Japanese compared to English, you know, you can say, well, Japanese to me, this is a perspective, obviously, um, looks almost like it's a, an alien language to me, you know. Uh, yes, yes. But don't forget, though, friend, that English actually originated from Arabic. Mm. And also, uh, in most part, English was really formed from the French language. Yeah. So are there any languages, like such as Japanese or anything else, that may have yes. originated from off-planet? Or are they all part of? Are they all indigenous to Earth? Well, I understand that is really, uh, for example, to do with uh, Japanese, Chinese, uh, Indonesian to a certain extent have uh, similar pathways. Not their similar languages, but they have similar pathways uh, that are quite different. Say, for example, to uh, the different, many, many different language structures and dialects of India. Uh, which have uh, many, many different forms of uh, different kinds of uh, phrasing, although not too dissimilar from Mongolese. So it, it really is a matter of how different areas of the planet, yes, some had interaction with different forms of life from elsewhere and very much earlier on in their history, which is why, in a sense, that there have been these different kinds of stabilities in certain sectors of the planet. 
Okay. All right, right thank so, you. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so just the last question before we yes, wrap up. Uh, the other part of the question was uh, really to do with mediumship and the helping of others in uh, matters of criminal investigation. That's correct. Is there a law to stop spirit guides helping in crime investigations such as the Madeleine McCain and other uh, situations like that on Earth? And is there, yes, and is there some kind of blockage to that? I would say, my dear friend, the actual blockage is oftentimes that those who may walk with such a person or who may be ancestors of such a person will actually stop interaction from those on our side of life who would otherwise help. Right. That is usually to do with uh, religious, strict religious upbringing that has uh, brought about that kind of interference. Yeah. And that is usually the reason why that takes place and why it is that very few mediums actually involve or engage within cases of criminal activity purely and simply because oftentimes there's a great deal of opposition from other elements within the spirit world that are constantly trying to stop the activities of those of us who are very loving and very directed toward the physical side of life and in wishing to try to help them, they would actually want through their religious purposes and their own uh, uh, acts of life, if you like, that that is why they are trying to stop those kinds of investigations from taking place and from being fruitful. Mm. So it's not really a law um, that stops spirit guides. No. It's just opposing energies that are stopping people from trying to help. Yes, yes. Uh, there are a lot of opposing energies, my dear friend, just trying to stop all kinds of people and all kinds of events and situations. Purely and simply, uh, religion, in a sense, has a great deal to answer for. Mm. And also, I, I guess, With, it's what people harbour in their minds and trying to let go of what they believe, isn't it, really? Yes, that's right. Yes, uh, there are, the, are a great many uh, inbred resentments that last a very long time. Sometimes it could be thousands of years in terms of Earth's uh, uh, fractionality, yes. Yeah, okay. All right, well, thank you for answering those questions. Um, if anybody else has got any questions I'd like to ask, then feel free to uh, send them in. Always happy to answer them. And, um, and Gregory, thank you and the White Cloud group for coming on again and answering the questions. So we'll wrap it up now anyway. Cause I think, I, yeah, go on, yes, carry on. I, I, I will say, I, I'm sorry, I will say goodbye quickly before this fades. And uh, I say, with love and light and blessings, dear friend, upon your journey, be safe, take care, take care, everyone. Know that you are blessed. Keep within the light. Thank you so be well. God bless. If you would like to book your own personal reading with Gregory to find out about your own soul journey, then please visit the graphic banner underneath the show or visit www.spirit-teaching.com.